Making sure you and your loved ones can live comfortably in the future starts with choices you make today. At RBC Wealth Management, they can help you make the right choices in using the assets you've built up over a lifetime. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, RBC Wealth Management will help you plan for the coming years and the coming generations. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running at Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano. And this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. If you are watching on Facebook, and, and, and why wouldn't you be watching uh, the live edition of this program? And by the way, just a few more live editions of the program before we go completely uh, podcast only for the summer months. You'll, you only get the live version September through May, and then in the summer, uh, we've got uh, just the podcast version of Talk of the Town. But if you are watching on Facebook, you noticed I have broken uh, the, the number one rule of television. And it's, it's routinely broken, like wearing white after Labor Day. And that is I've got a red shirt on. You're not supposed to wear red on television, and that goes back more so to when you had standard def, and you didn't have great cameras, you didn't have great television sets, and you didn't have crystal clear pictures or anything like that, but I was always taught in college, uh, never wear red, and you always see people wear red, and it's not as much of an issue with high definition as it was with uh, standard deaf and even previous incarnations of standard deaf in the 80s, 70s, and 60s. But you didn't come here for a television lesson, though I could give it to you. Uh, you didn't come here for that. You came here for some great conversation, and we will talk a number of local things. Hey, be checking out all of our other great podcasts. A really fun podcast dropped uh, today on Thursday. We've got our Banker with a Beer series with Northwestern Bank. Always has been one of our most popular series in which uh, Jerry Keel from Northwestern Bank talks to a variety of local newsmakers. It's, it's a fun series. Chancellors have been on. Local mayors have been on. City managers have been on. Local business owners. Uh, a who's who has been on Banker with a Beer for more than two years. Uh, today, we dropped an episode with Mike Dandria. He is one of the meteorologists at WEAU Television. And it's a really fun conversation with Mike Dandria. Talk a little bit about his career. You get an idea of what one of these meteorologists does. Uh, just great. He, he, was, he was outstanding. A, a wonderful sport to the whole thing. And by the way, he's a military veteran. Uh, I didn't know that. I guarantee it. a lot of you didn't know that. He is a military veteran and tells us about his story. He didn't see combat, but has been overseas. Uh, great conversation with Mike Dandria. And we enjoy a beverage out of a little-known brewery 
from Cornell, Wisconsin. I'll be honest, I never heard of the Moon Ridge Brewery. Uh, but check them out, the Moon Ridge Brewery in Cornell. Uh, we enjoy a beverage from them on this week's edition of Banker with a Beer. Uh, well, one thing you should definitely not do if you are partaking in beverages is uh, go swimming. You should not drink and swim. <laughs> and speaking of swimming and speaking of pools, uh, much as we could have seen, we knew this was coming for a couple of weeks, you've got a lot of discussion going on in Chippewa Falls about the fate of the municipal pool up there, the Bernard Willis Pool, named after the mayor in Chippewa Falls in the early 1990s who helped to spearhead the building of this pool that has been the community pool for some 30 years in Chippewa Falls. Obviously, uh, you all know the story by now. It was this, it, There's been lots of problems with the pool. doesn't make any money. None of these pools make money. It has only been heightened even more since you had the pandemic and the shutdown of a couple years ago. You couple that with the fact that there are rising costs to repair the pool. The pool can maybe uh, be dragged out another year. It's going to be open this year. But you got to replace things. You got to fix things. They've had the same issue in Eau Claire with the Fairfax pool, too. And Chippewa Falls, the city council, uh, informally, they didn't take an official vote or anything, but informally in April said, you know what, maybe it's time that we, we close down the pool after this year. It's something that provides a lot of enjoyment to hundreds, if not thousands of residents in Chippewa Falls. But the money does not make fiscal sense. It makes sense from the heart, but it doesn't make fiscal sense. And that's what you heard from a lot of the kind of the overall feeling from city councilors that, hey, they're not happy to shut down the pool, but they in their position are looking at it and saying, hey, we cannot take a gut check of the population just looking at it from the numbers we should say it's got to be closed down, which I said two, three weeks ago, brilliant move by the city council. Brilliant move. Not that the pool has to be shut down. We'll get to that in a moment. But brilliant from them in that they're saying, you know what? We don't know what the gut feeling. We don't know the guts of people. What's in their heart? What's in their mind? Numbers wise, we do know. And it doesn't make sense from the numbers. And they knew full darn well when they made that decision that they were going to shut down the pool after this year, that there would be likely an outcry. And the key is how much of an outcry is there going to be? And you started to get a sense of that over the last couple of weeks. And on Monday, residents in the area had a chance to go to the city council meeting in Chippewa Falls and begin to voice their opinion. And many of them went up there and said, hey, keep the pool open. A few of them even noted, hey, we know it doesn't make sense fiscally, but it's time that we, we either spend money on the pool or we build a new pool, but we need to make sure that we have that there. Again, the way I see it, people understand it doesn't make fiscal sense. From just a straight number sense, it doesn't make any it does not add up. It's only open three months out of the year. doesn't make money to begin with. costs an awful lot of money. 
And when you look at the number of people that probably use it, it probably still doesn't make any sense fiscally. But quality of life, things that you cannot put a quantitative value on still are very important for a community. Toys make life worth living. One of the things I get still very irritated as when you talk about trail systems and parks in a community and you'll, you'll start having people with convention and visitor bureaus and all that try to put down dollar and cents that this is what this has meant to the area. Forget about it. All right, it's, it's all funny numbers. I've seen how they come up with the numbers to begin with. I've been a part of some of these. It make, makes no sense. I've, I've told people before when they talk about how much money an event brings into a town, they usually calculate $25 per person for breakfast being spent. When was the last time you spent $25 per person on breakfast? And then when I tell that to some people, they say, well, that's an old way of thinking, but I'm sure you're making it up somewhere else. I digress, back on track. I go, it doesn't matter how much money, it, that, that, no, it's the fact it's a toy, but toys make life worth living. Things like parks and trails and pools, those are toys. Those are things that a community should rally together and do and spend. And I'll say this, we'll get to it in a moment, and I said it a couple weeks ago, probably the private sector would be called upon more to maybe fund something in Chippewa Falls. But I got thinking about it a moment ago. When you have the government buying thing, that too is the private sector. The, the concept of the government spending money on something like this is that people got to, our community as a whole Something our tax dollars are going towards, sort of thing. Sometimes the idea of that privately you spend it, it's, it's, it's the old concept of people just are unwilling to spend a single cent on something that they don't see the, the benefit of at all. But sometimes you have to look at things for the greater good. Regardless, the question really is now, up there in Chippewa Falls. First off, you're going to have to keep something there. And I think that's going to be clear. Do you repair the Bernard Willis pool and maybe kick the can down the road? Or do you completely replace it? And if you replace it, what do you replace it with? Do you spend $20, $30 million on an indoor-outdoor hybrid space and a really nice aquatic center and maybe you we'll talk about this in a moment you put a couple basketball courts there basically you make a public version of the ymca do you do that do you go all out or do you go a little cheaper and you just build another outdoor pool you have to see now john jimenez who took over as the parks director in Chippewa Falls about a year ago, would like to see a basketball facility. He's gone on the record. He would like to see a basketball facility. And in his defense, putting in a, a basketball facility with a few courts in it, it makes fiscal sense from his position. Because that's the sort of thing that would get probably year-round use. He might be able to try to bring in some tournaments or other events. It's something that would probably be bringing in money, likely turn a profit, 
it's easier for him to sell it, saying, hey, look, this makes sense from a fiscal standpoint. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see what they ultimately decide in Chippewa Falls. You cannot overlook, though, and this has to be looked at into the future. It's not a problem that's going away anytime soon. They are having a hard time finding lifeguards there. They're having a hard time finding lifeguards in Eau Claire as well. And this goes for almost any one of those traditional summer jobs. Theme parks have trouble with this now. County fairs, all that. Finding that summer help that you used to always think was there for you with those kids ages 14 to, to 21. It's not there anymore. And there's a few reasons why and it's not just, oh, kids are lazy nowadays. One is, hey, we've heard Chancellor James Smith talk about it on some of our programs. You don't have as many kids. Physically, you don't have as many kids as you had. Now, that might change in another generation. There was a baby boom around 2010, 2011, 2012. But right now, and for the next five, six years, not a lot of kids are coming through the pipeline. That's one. Two, a lot of kids are already involved in a number of activities, and even if they have their summer off, if they've been busy with a lot of activities during school, it's not bad for them just to be kids in the summer. And if they've got the, 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 the family structure that allows them to not have to work in the summer, that's not a bad thing. If they've done all these extracurriculars during the school year, even if they have nothing going on in the summer, and if they're good kids already to begin with, hey, a couple months where they can just be a kid's not a bad thing. And the family might go on vacations and have trips and have activities planned. That's You can say, oh, they got to learn the, the value of a hard day's work. I don't disagree with you, but it's also not bad if they're in a position where they don't have to work. And now you do also have some other issues that are in there. Yes, there are more and more kids that whether they're being taught this by teachers or taught this by parents or taught this by the media or just talking about it themselves, they say the hell with working for minimum wage. I, I, I deserve more, even though they really don't. You do have that, but that's a small part of the issue at that age. And it's why I say if you were to go to an indoor-outdoor pool space in Chippewa Falls and it becomes a year-round facility you actually may have an easier time getting lifeguards because you'd be able to get more of a pool, literally a pool of applicants all year and maybe then be able to augment it with a few more in the summertime. Of course, in the summertime, it's farmer's market season. The farmer's market returns to downtown Eau Claire on Saturday. I, I, I still remain on the record as saying it, it's, that it's a nice spot you have it. It's, it's nice to be there by the river, there at Phoenix Park. God, I still wish that they did something on Barstow Street every week or, or once a month. Uh, kind of like the farmer's market in Des Moines, Iowa, where I worked uh, for a number of years. Uh, but farmer's market gets going this weekend. That's become one of those little things that everybody sort of checks off on a weekend. Some do it every other every weekend. Some do it once a, once a month. Others do it once a year. Well, Take advantage of it now. You know, the prices really aren't any better than they are at the grocery store. This is going to get me slapped by people I know. The food isn't really any better than it is at the grocery store. 
Uh, you don't have to over-justify buying at the farmer's market. You don't have to... You know, the reason you go to the farmer's market and spend money is, yeah, it feels good to give it directly to the farmer and get outside and maybe see some people, or at the very least, it's something to do for an hour on a Saturday. You don't have to over over sell it. Although it's cheaper and the food's better, and uh, it's really not. And if anything, it costs even a little bit more, but you're giving it to people directly locally, which is good. Uh, something that is returning to the area. And I wonder if people are excited about it because it's one of those things that you had for a while. And when it left, I think people, people didn't even know it was gone. They went, oh, shoot, that's, you're right. That, don't, that no longer exists. And that is a Renaissance Festival is returning to the area. Uh, there's going to be a Renaissance Festival for a few weekends in June uh, in Chippewa Falls at the new Eagle Ridge Festival Grounds. The Eagle Ridge Festival Grounds will be hosting a Renaissance Festival in Chippewa Falls uh, starting June 11th that weekend and running through the 4th of July weekend. So what is that, three weekends? They'll have it. Uh, going to be called Newborn Village. A group uh, calling themselves Newborn Village will put that on. Renaissance Festival. Uh, medieval Times uh, became a big thing. The, the Renaissance Festivals, the Medieval Times uh, restaurants you'd see in bigger markets. Uh, they were all the rage in the 80s and the 90s. Sort of like 50s diners were really big in the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, for different reasons, for a nostalgia. Cool. I mean, nothing else I can say about the Renaissance Festival. It just looks like it'd be something that would be cool. <laughs> uh, I know I will not be in town for it, uh, but I'll support anybody else going up there and checking out the Renaissance Festival. Weather, of course, has gotten good. People are getting outside. People are cleaning up their yards and removing sticks and what have you. About a month behind on that for a lot of people. But uh, reminded in the Leader Telegram today of the issue of the emerald ash bore, which is not going anywhere. And if you've got ash trees on your property, it's just a matter of time before you're going to have to remove those ash trees. Uh, the city itself on city property, we got some numbers today. They have removed 7,000 ash trees, 7,000 ash trees due to the emerald ash bore and the sort of sadisticness of Mother Nature. A lot of ash trees were planted some 50, 60 years ago in markets like this and in other markets around the country because they replaced elm trees that were dying off due to Dutch elm disease. But it's just the way things operate. The uh, city has removed 7,000 ash trees. Uh, the population, now you, now you have about 3,000 ash trees in the city on city property, I believe. I don't think that counts private property or does it? Don't know? That's shaking their head at me. Uh, the population down to 3,000 uh, ash trees in the area. Uh, 35% of the trees in the city were ash in 2013. So one third of the trees about a decade ago were ash. Now it's down to 12%. And again, they hope to just keep removing ash trees because it's a matter of just either they're going to be knocked down by the ash bore or you're going to knock them down. 
the most prevalent tree in Eau Claire is the maple tree. 30% of trees in the city of Eau Claire are maple trees. Saw a good story in the Lear Telegram a few days ago about uh, uh, the maple syrup, maple syrup harvest this year in Wisconsin. It was a very good maple syrup harvest. In fact, it was an, a long year, a long harvest for maple syrup uh, this year, which uh, is not really a bad thing. Uh, we got a lot uh, still to come here in the next uh, few weeks uh, with talk of the town uh We'll see what else pops up here. It was a rather quiet week uh, as far as news goes, and that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes no news is bad news. At the time of this recording, uh, they've got the young man in court on the Lily Peters case. Uh, his uh, uh, next court date, we'll, we'll know more of the next steps after, after this. Uh, we'll see if anything pops out of that uh, fiasco at the Eau Claire Area School District board meeting on Monday. Uh, this is why you should always listen all the way to the end of the program. I, I talked about it on Tuesday. I didn't really want to give those people the time of day because they're just wacky. It's just you go through the list of what they're accusing and you can make anything be like, yeah, you know what? They're, they're right. You, you could justify anything. You really can. Uh, but it is, you almost feel sad for these people because they're not, they're not one of you that disagrees with the school board. If you disagree with the school board, there, there's, there, there's another camp there. There's disagreeing with the school board, and there's being arguably mentally unhinged which is what these individuals are. But I decided this because we get all these emails all the time from, these, from people that want us to talk about something, that want us to highlight something or uh, you know, speak about this part or interview this person and, and try to get them on one of our podcasts. Actually, I've never heard from Cindy Burton's group. And I remember mentioning that back in the fall. She had put up all these billboards in town, sent press releases to everybody, but didn't send press releases to us, oddly enough. Uh, I actually got her email address. Somebody had sent me her email address and said, you got to talk to this lady. And I decided, I think we would. We have not interviewed people on this program for two and a half years. We, we, don't, we, we saved that for the other shows. But I said, you know what? I want to talk to these people because they stormed into the school board meeting, threw things down, and they seem a little unhinged. I said, I want to talk to these people, a 10, 15-minute unedited interview, and just have them talk. And no, it's not going to be a gotcha moment. It's not going to be one of these interviews that are done where uh, it's going to be done and then I, they're, you know, they're giving the interview and then I'm narrating over it to make them sound worse than they are or anything like that. No, it'd just be them talking. I was going to ask them questions over this. Haven't heard a thing. Haven't heard a thing. Uh, but I, I hardly ever do this. If you're looking for... If you're looking for something interesting, because it, it is public, she wants you to see it, uh, search for Sidney Burton in Eau Claire on Facebook and... It's interesting uh, what uh, what she thinks uh, on Facebook. And I'd love to have her on the program. I don't agree with a single thing she says. 
Not one thing. But I'd love to have her on this program because I want to find out why does she feel this way? Why does she think this way? When did she turn this way? And what does she have to say to people that maybe want some changes in things but also still agree somewhat with people that are in power and they, you know, they compromise and stuff like that. So I'd love to chat with her. We'll have to wait and wait and see. Uh, so the one time I'm actually okay with interviewing somebody, we have, we have not heard back. Uh, we have not heard back uh, from from them. But if if you're somebody that's a, that that wants changes, like in the Eau Claire area school district board, I'll tell you right now, uh, you probably want changes. This is a whole different thing. Uh, when you're going to a school board meeting and saying that the superintendent needs to resign because he didn't take an oath of office, uh, you're, starting, you're, you're kind of forgetting how things are. And there's other things they said there that you can connect dots. That's the big thing. Do your own research. <laughs> but, but it's like the old game we, we would play 15 years ago, you know, the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know, just because you can connect a bunch of dots doesn't mean they actually line up with each other. Some of those connections are quite frayed, all right? And some of those uh, connections are, are sometimes assumed uh, connections. Uh, we will never get on, this, on, the, on any of our shows, you know, the one rule that we have on our programs is no conspiracy theories. You can talk about things that uh, maybe are a little bit more fringy. That's fine. We've got a couple of programs that do talk about some things that are a little bit more fringy than others, but no flat-out conspiracy theories. No, no, no stuff you hear on Newsmax and OAN and those channels that are buried in the 140s or 150s uh, on cable. Well, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Of course, it is Mother's Day. Maybe you found a good brunch to go to. At the very least, make sure you say hello to your moms for all of us. That'll do it for us today. Back with another edition on Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Monosano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.